Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill, and we are coming to you on a Friday afternoon after round one. I know normally we do it on Monday. Unfortunately, I had to go home, uh, attend a funeral, so didn't get to do that. And then we figured, why go on Wednesday or something like that? We could just recap round one uh, and talk about all the big headlines, storylines coming out of it. Um, and so we covered the draft extensively on our fan-sided Facebook Live show. We, Josh and I are both on along with Michelle Bruton, Mark Harmon, the, the whole rest of the crew for four hours straight. We're still recovering. Uh, for you, Hill, what was uh, what was the biggest takeaway you had from Thursday Night's Madness? It, I mean, the biggest takeaway is that it was madness. Like, we, you kind of predicted it beforehand. You're like, there's probably going to be 10 or so trades. Um, and we saw a lot of movement. We saw a lot of interesting decisions, both good, a few very puzzling, baffling, dare I say, bad. Um, looking at you, Seattle, taking Brashad Penny in the uh, 27th pick overall. Like, what the hell? Um I guess knee-jerk right away, the biggest thing that sticks out of me was Sam Darnold and how that trade worked out so well for the New York Jets. So they'd give up all those picks. We made fun of them on this podcast when they made the trade with the Colts well ahead of time, basically signaling to the rest of the NFL that they wanted a quarterback. Uh, Credit the Jets' front office. They read the tea leaves. They knew what was going to happen. They knew the conversation was going to quickly become, you know, Darnold, Allen, Mayfield— and they came away with their guy. So, and to people that were are killing them, saying they picked the wrong guy, they should have taken Josh Rosen, or people that were killing the Browns, saying that all oh, the Browns could have waited until four, Baker Mayfield would have been there. Look, the Jets traded up to get Sam Darnold. If they would have taken Josh Rosen at number three, trade's no good because Rosen would have been on the board at six. So this was a great trade. It, come, it turns out that they made a brilliant move. I love it for the Jets. Jets fans are excited for at least a little while until they remember they root for the Jets. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, like, they're going to be good now because they got Sam Darnold and they finally have a good offensive player to build around. We're just going to see now if they're able to do it. I think that the Jets wanted Baker Mayfield. And when he went off the board, number one, I have a feeling, you know, at the Jet games, you know, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I have a feeling they were chanting another four-letter word. <laughs> yeah. um, and they were like, if because if, if Sam Darnold, if the Giants had taken Darnold at two, mm-hmm. the Jets would have looked ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But history doesn't remember what could have happened. It remembers mm-hmm. what did happen. And so the Jets end up getting Darnold. I agree with you. It's a home run for them. Um, but I actually... You know, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here as we go because we want to touch on all these quarterbacks and then we'll go into a whole bunch of other stuff. But mm-hmm. I was fascinated that the Browns took Mayfield. Yeah. You know, now I, I'm pretty familiar with John Dorsey. He was with the Chiefs for four years and I got to know his drafting habits pretty well. I was convinced that he was going to take Darnold. He is always talking about character and guys who are football guys. Now, he, he did take Marcus Peters. So he's got a history of taking guys who play with a chip on his shoulder. But... Mm-hmm. I thought, considering the Brown situation, you've got to make sure you don't take a bust here. I thought they would go with, with Darnold, who seems to be the highest floor guy. Yeah. They didn't. They took, they took Mayfield, 89 touchdowns, 14 picks his last two years at Oklahoma. There's no question about his performance on the field. The question is, what is between his ears? Is he mature mm-hmm. enough to handle it? I thought the Browns 
could have been very safe in this draft, taking Darnold, taking Chubb, walked away happy. They didn't do that. They took a pretty significant risk in Mayfield. I think Denzel Ward's going to be a very good player, but I don't think anybody thought he was going to go that high. Mm -hmm. I think the Browns are walking the tightrope, as they've done many times over the years. And I think John Dorsey has been earning the right to, okay, we'll see how that goes, but interesting moves by the Browns. Yeah, and to the, I guess the credit you could say of Browns fans, Baker Mayfield at least makes them interesting. Like when they got Johnny Manziel, we could all kind of see that that was going to end in disaster. That wasn't going to go well. And all the other quarterbacks that they've taken, this feels different. Maybe it is because they've taken them with the first pick. You know, all those quarterbacks were kind of in the 20s. Reedon, Quinn, and Manziel were all number 22. Yep. If I'm the Browns, I am never taking a pick at 22 (laughs) the rest of my professional life. Yeah, the, that's that's exactly why I think people are trolling the Browns at this point because it's like, look, you could have taken Darnold, who everybody... Jamie's Log, Progressive, the Harrington's Backyard, Day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something, or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33... Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. He believed was the best quarterback in the draft. And you not only don't take him, but then you take the guy who's pretty much the consensus fourth best quarterback in the draft with the first pick. So there's theories floating out there about what happened. I think that, you know, the Browns got spooked. The Browns... They're, they're looking at that guy. They're looking at Baker Mayfield. That's who they want. They're afraid that he was going to go three to the Jets. Whether or not that's true, who knows? Because we, all we heard was that they wanted Baker Mayfield, but they were perfectly fine taking Darnold. I think they would have taken Rosen if he was there, or if Mayfield and Darnold would have been off the board. The one that boggles my mind more so than Mayfield at one is Denzel Ward at four. You, you, you know, you're a Chiefs fan. We've brought up the Darius Hayward Bay thing how many different times? The Raiders, they could have traded down. They could have got him in any spot that they wanted, but they took him where they took him. Denzel Ward, trade down with somebody who's trying to go up and get Rosen at that point, trying to go up and get Allen. Like, how are you not trading down and you can still get Denzel Ward? Uh, Taking a look at the way that the board stacked up after that, the Colt, you know, the Broncos. I guess maybe they would have taken Denzel Ward. There's some late reports that John Elway and everybody were infatuated with him. Maybe they got, maybe the Browns got scared with that report. But the Broncos say they don't take him. The Colts aren't taking him. The Bucks aren't taking him. The Bears aren't taking him. I don't know if the 49ers are taking him. Maybe the Raiders, but they traded down for a bag of balls. So like, you know, I I just think the Denzel Ward one is a little bit more perplexing to me. Um, but we're going to have to, like you said, John Dorsey's earned the right at this point to say, let's see how this plays out, because who knows? He could have stumbled onto something, and we're all making fun of him now, but he's going to get the last laugh. Yeah, you know what? Look, uh, to me, Mayfield has a lot of talent. The question is just, in my eyes, mentally, you know, look, it's easy to be that cocky and self-assured when you're beating up on the Big 12. Mm-hmm. It's a whole nother ball wax to be that cocky and self-assured, and you're getting your brains beat in on Cleveland. Yeah. And make no mistake about it. I don't care if that guy is next coming to Tom Brady. They're going to get their brains beat in the yeah. next couple of years. They just are. They're not talented enough yet. They're, they're still by far the worst team in the division. You know, people are talking about the Browns, and it's like, look at all these additions they've made. Look, I get all that. 
They're one in thirty-one. Their last two series. That that team's not all of a sudden going to have some magical move to nine and seven this year. Yeah. He's probably not even going to play to start the year. So I'm very curious to see how that goes there. Now moving on to the Jets mm-hmm. quickly. I think Darnold was a home run pick. I still think that team is a ways to go. Obviously, oh, yeah. you know, you draft. You know, while well, they were going to draft six, we didn't draft in third. I, you know, there's there's a lot of room for improvement, but I like what they did. Um, my favorite match in terms of talent. Team City was Rosen to the Cardinals. Yep. I know for you, you said you think Rosen's the best quarterback in this draft. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Rosen's the most talented kid in this draft. We both have agreed on the fact that all this stuff about whether he's intellectual is, is the biggest bunch of crap on the face yeah. of the earth. Who cares? I mean, who doesn't want their quarterback who has to think ahead of the game? Who wants him to be an idiot? Mm-hmm. So Rosen going to a, a smaller market with not a lot of media and a fan base, it's a little bit more laid back. It's probably the best thing for him. Oh, yeah. Um, stays out on the West West Coast, so to speak. Um, I thought that was great. And then, of course, he makes the comment, you know, there's nine mistakes drafted in front of me. I love it. I, so I actually do love it. I, yep. you know, And some people say, well, how do you like that? Not Mayfield. Well, Mayfield gets arrested. Mm-hmm. Rosen doesn't get arrested. May- Rosen has a hot tub in his dorm room. Right. And, and the man's got plenty to say. I I thought the Cardinals did a nice job after missing out on Mahomes and Watson last year. I thought they did a nice job to snag Rosen. Yeah, and to the Mayfield-Rosen comparison, there's a difference between cockiness and confidence. So where Mayfield comes off very cocky, and he's going to hopefully turn that into some confidence in Cleveland, Rosen's confident. Like I want The intellectualism actually helps him in that comment because you're looking at this guy, and he's not some brash, you know, jock idiot who's just saying things like, oh, these nine guys are going to take him before me. You made a mistake. Because we know there's that narrative about him being too smart for football, with him saying that, all of a sudden you're looking at it in a different way. You're like, why is he saying that? And, all, and from a Cardinals fan, I love that he's saying it because he believes it. He is playing with a fire lit under him now, and that is what you want in your quarterback. You don't want your quarterback to be the guy who's going to be, you know, yeah, yes, ma'am, no, sir, and all that kind of stuff. So you want the guy who's going to say, I'm going to kick your ass. He's going to kick your ass, and then he's going to go, see what I just did to you? How did that feel? That's what you want. That's a competitor. And I think that that's what Josh Rosen is going to bring to Arizona. And again, perfect scenario, just like the Jets, where you know uh, Darnold's going to sit behind McCown. He's going to learn from him in Bridgewater. Same thing with Rosen. He's going to sit behind Bradford for probably two quarters before Bradford's body breaks again. Yeah. And uh, then he's going to watch Mike Glennon show him how to not play football. So honestly, it, it, it's a perfect scenario for him to just stew. It reminds me a lot of Aaron Rodgers. Where, you know, Aaron Rodgers comes in and we think he's this quiet kid who's kind of, it sucks that he slipped and fell in the draft. And then it turns out that he's got an ego the size of Australia. So, like, that's what I see a lot of that in Rosen. And it makes me excited to see what he's going to do. Yeah, you know, Rosen to me is the one that I I could see coming in maybe as a backup to start the year. And then within, like, the first quarter of the year Mm -hmm. being out there, like you said, Bradford with injuries. And Mike Glenn is not keeping him on the field. Um (laughs) Lastly, to touch on, on you know, the top 10 here with the quarterbacks, it's been no secret to anybody who listens to me, who reads me, they know I don't, I'm not a huge Josh Allen fan. Mm. You complete 56% of your passes in the Mountain West Conference, I'm out. Um, and he was never able to complete passes in high school, so I'm really out. And, the, and I thought the only chance of him succeeding in the NFL was him going to a team where he could sit for a year, 
where he can learn and then come into an offense that really was tailored to his strengths, and he goes to Buffalo, which is none of those things. Nope. If there was one team that was going to draft a quarterback and that was going to insert him into the lineup right away, it was Buffalo. Because Nathan Peterman, that isn't going to happen. (laughs) Okay? And A.J. McCarron, that might happen for a game before they go 0-2 or 0-3, and and then he's, he's out of there. So, And then you look at the offense. Okay, you have McCoy. Who else? Fat Calvin Benjamin? Zay Jones? I mean, are you kidding? Like, that is a nightmare for the, for the Bills fans. That, them passing on Josh Rosen there to take Josh Allen, to me, is mind-blowing. Uh, hope all the best for him, but would be shocked if that works out. That is a, I am always a firm believer, all these kids are talented. So much of whether or not they succeed comes down to the scheme that they go into, the coaching staff that, that, that coaches them up, mm-hmm. the players around them to help them out. And I always use Tyree Kill as an example, partially because I'm a Chief fan, partially because he's just perfect for this. If Tyree Kill went to the Bengals, Tyree Kill is not a top 10 receiver in the NFL right now. He's a top 10 receiver because he went to Andy Reid. Yeah. And he plays next to Travis Kelsey. And, then, and they've got, you know, they had Alex Smith, now they have Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's why. If you put him on, on an offense with Marvin Lewis, Coaching, like, they don't know what to do with him. They turn him into a guy who runs end arounds and occasionally throws a ball on an option point. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I think when you look at all that kind of stuff, like, Darnold, great situation. It's it for a year. Mayfield, really good offensive coaches. Not the case for Sean McDermott, who's a former defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and the Bills with Josh Allen. Yeah, the Josh Allen thing always kind of made me nervous and looked like he was going to end up in Buffalo. It was just a matter of where he was going to go. He's a pocket passer. He fits the system that they have. He fits that locker room. One question question that I have is the tweets that he sent out or, you know, in high school and all that kind of stuff, they came up before the draft. Now you're in a locker room with a bunch of grown men and a bunch of grown men with a lot of opinions. You are a young kid coming in there, and you're going to have your pants around your ankles right away. You're going to have to explain that, Mr. Captain of the team, Mr. Got to lead us to a Super Bowl. Like, Try winning over some of those big defensive guys who are like, all right, hot shot, you're the future. What's the deal with this? And then how is he going to explain that? Is he going to pull it off? So, you know, I don't want to get too much into the not football stuff about this, but you have to think about that off-the-field thing, the locker room stuff. One of the reasons I wanted the Bucks to draft Derwin James so bad is because he did come out of that Florida State locker room where there's so many alpha personalities, and he stood out, and he stood out as a leader and a positive force. And that goes a long way to changing a culture in a locker room. Same thing is on the flip side. Josh Allen's coming in. Everybody's hating on his accuracy. Everybody's hating on him as being not probably the fourth best, fifth best quarterback in this draft. Now he's got a guy to go in, and he has to explain himself to these guys. How is that going to weigh on his development right away as you're kind of dividing a locker room? Hopefully it ends up well. I think Lorenzo Alexander was saying uh, after the draft he wants the team to keep an open mind, which is good. That's a leadership thing. But how is Josh Allen going to approach it? These are questions you have to ask yourself, and Bill's Mafia is not a very forgiving fan base. No, they are not. Uh, and, and just to you know, clarify for anybody who's wondering why Josh is talking about this, you know, he's got to keep an open mind, it's because the night before the draft, uh, a bunch of very insensitive tweets from Josh Allen surfaced. Now, they were tweets that he made when he was in high school, yeah. and they really early stages of college. But they were racial, they were sexual, they were just about, you know, they were... They were At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. 
We did it. We time traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. It's very explicit in mm-hmm. ways that you don't want to be caught being explicit. So, um... He apologized, and he owned up to it, uh, and he was a kid. I mean, I, I'm yeah. not exactly, but he was a kid. Yeah. We were talking 16, 17 years old, but that stuff, as we know, and the internet lives on forever. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, the locker rooms are predominantly African-American in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be you know, spewing the N-word on Twitter. doesn't play. We'll see how it goes, though, for Josh Allen. Hey, look, I'll say this, though. If he's a good guy now, that, that'll go a long way, yep. and if he can play. Let's yeah. face it. Oh, I, yeah. I mean... In the NFL, these guys care about, can you play? And if he can play, it won't matter. Last quarterback we want to get to, and then we want to get to all the other stuff, because even though the NFL is driven by quarterbacks, there's plenty of other things to talk about. Lamar Jackson finally went. 32nd pick overall. Baltimore traded back in the first round. Traded with Philadelphia. Jackson goes to Charm City. Now, he only completed 57% of his passes at Louisville, but he got better each year. He accounted for over 13,000 yards at Louisville in over three seasons uh, mm-hmm. by way of both passing and running. Ran for 50 touchdowns. I believe he threw for over – I believe he threw for 69. Um, this is a really talented guy, a little bit of a slight frame. Yep. Uh, some people question whether or not he can, he can direct an NFL-style offense, but – very talented yeah. and improved every year in the passing game at Louisville. I love it. I wrote a column. I think he's going to be a really nice pick for them. Flacco will start this year, probably play the year. Then they'll move on, I would think, uh, and give Jackson the range. I love the move. I think the Ravens did the right thing by trying to secure their future. Yep. Uh, what say you? I love it. And uh, there was a bunch of teams at the back half of that first round that I thought either we're going to trade out to somebody that wanted to take Lamar Jackson or we're going to take Lamar Jackson themselves. Cincinnati would have been a good spot. Uh, When New Orleans traded up, we thought that (laughs) New Orleans was going to go there, but they didn't. We can get to that. Um, I love it because two reasons. One, you kind of touched on the Joe Flacco situation. That contract, as you put it yesterday off of the Facebook Live, is an immovable object. (laughs) That is a bad deal. We talked about it earlier in the season about how they are tethered to this guy, and they're still paying the tax for winning that Super Bowl so many years ago. Now they have an out. Now they can get out of that contract, which is something they didn't have before Thursday night, and that is so huge because they are such a cash-strapped team. They can finally start building a future around Lamar Jackson. And the other thing is, just like the Jets situation, kind of just like the, the Cardinals situation, Lamar Jackson doesn't have to start this year. And he's going to learn behind a Super Bowl winner and a guy who is kind of like Lamar Jackson if Lamar Jackson goes off in the wrong direction in Robert Griffin III. So Robert Griffin III comes in, goes to the Redskins, takes him to the playoffs, but then he just ruins his body by playing the game in a way a lot of people didn't think he should be playing the game. Play it safer. Don't put your body out there as much as he did. So that's a guy that I want him learning from. And actually, you know, thinking about it, going retroactively here, when they signed Robert Griffin III, that kind of should have tipped our, our, our kind of tipped their hand, I guess, or tipped our knowledge to where they were going to go in the draft with Lamar Jackson. Because could you imagine if they had drafted Lamar Jackson and then asked Robert Griffin III to play? He's not doing that. Now he's under contract and he has to. So 
that you know it, going back to that move now it all makes sense it's like getting to the end of the movie and you're like oh all the other, all the plot pieces are falling into place it's a great spot for Lamar Jackson to be I'm with you. We've been on the Lamar train for a while now, and everybody was saying he should be a wide receiver. He doesn't know what he's doing, this and that. I, it, it's a great move for Baltimore. If for nothing else, it finally gives them light at the end of the tunnel, which they didn't have before Thursday night. Yeah, you know, listen, I think this draft is very interesting at the quarterback spots. Had a Heisman Trophy winner go number one, had a Heisman Trophy winner go with the last pick in the first round. Yeah. So... That's, I don't know if that's ever happened before. I, I kind of doubt it, but who knows. Um, however, there were some other picks that struck me, both good and bad. Uh, and I'll throw a bunch out there and we can kind of just go around. But I, I thought I thought Derwin James the Chargers. I thought the Chargers really nailed it. It's a steal. Uh, you know, they pick at 17. They get a guy who could have been a top you know, seven or eight pick. Mm-hmm. Really nice job there by, by Tom Telesco in Los Angeles. Bradley Chubb to five to the Broncos. Yep. Broncos could use offense, so you could argue that maybe, but they got the best player on the board. I don't think anybody thought he'd be there, so hard to knock that. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that plays out. The question I have with Denver, should they have taken Rosen at that point? But yeah. we'll find out. Um, I thought Minka Fitzpatrick to the Dolphins. They did a good job of scooping him up. Um, a couple of the picks that left me scratching my head, I might as well make it the trifecta with the AFC West. The Raiders... <laughs> like wow. we talk about this I feel like you and I talk about this every week and if you've been listening to this program have been talking about this every week since August mm-hmm. they have no defense it's almost like they just don't care that they have no defense they could have taken Jair Alexander who by the way is another pick I love going to the Packers Yeah, they could have taken Jair Alexander they could have taken Tremaine Edmonds and he would have been a steal at that point in the draft they, they, could, have, they could have taken Josh Jackson or Maurice Hurst they, they could have taken Taven Bryan. They, I mean, you, the list goes on. And they, they took Colton Miller, who like, you know, there were reports at the end of the draft, in, end of the first round, that they wanted to trade back in the first round. They could have taken Colton Miller then. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't understand why they did this. That was one pick. Um, I, I thought I thought the Saints, I don't mind Marcus Davenport as a player. I think he's a good player. But trading away next year's first round pick, that's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. When they made that move, I thought for sure they are taking Lamar Jackson. I couldn't believe they gave up 13 spots in a first-round pick to go up and get an edge rusher. Yeah. Look, if he's not Bruce Smith, they gave up too much. But for me, and I apologize to the fans of this fan base that are listening, <laughs> the worst pick in that first round by a gigantic margin was Rashad Penny Absolutely. to the Seahawks. They couldn't block us last year. And they're drafting a luxury running back. If <laughs> yeah. the Eagles do that, okay, fine, whatever. You're the you're the Seahawks. You have no corners, which is weird to say about them, but it's true. You have no corners. The offensive line is comical. It is so bad. Mm-hmm. You have no tight end. You could use somebody to replace Sheldon Richardson up on the line. There's a million guys you could have taken in any of those yep. spots that would have fit the need, and you take Rashad Penny. That pick. And afterwards, John Schneider is like, well, he makes a lot of yards after contact. Oh, he better, John. He better. <laughs> because he's going to have to make yards after contact just to lose two. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I don't get it. That is the one of all the picks. That was the one that I was just blown away by. Yeah, that one baffled me. Um, it was by far one of the worst picks that I've seen in the last couple of years. Just because it was horrible value. Not that Prashad Penny's a bad player. I mean, he'd be, he's, he's a fine guy if they get him in the third round. Okay? 
But, you know, Schneider was saying that he was getting reports that teams wanted to trade up, and that's why they did it, because they wanted to get him. Fine, let him get it. Yeah. Get Sonny Michelle. Get, get Nick Chubb. Get one of these other guys. Like, it's not that hard. to. He's not the only running back. And, you know, we're talking about how the, the Browns took Baker Mayfield, who's probably the third or fourth best quarterback in the draft, number one. Rashad Penny wasn't the second best running back in this class. So you, the idea that you have to take him there. And then, what is the, there's since they had Marshawn Lynch, the Seahawks have gone through running backs in just an extraordinary fashion. It has been, they've cycled them through, they've drafted them, they've signed them, they've traded for them, and just nothing sticks. And this seems to be more of the same. Like you said, they need offensive line help. If they're going to gut that defense, if they're going to tear down the Legion of Boom so that they can build the offense around Russell Wilson, it all starts with protecting Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was an MVP candidate last year because we were all in awe of him by the way that he was able to scramble around, keep plays alive, keep games alive for the Seahawks, which, not to take anything away from him because they were incredible performances. You know, you think about that game against the Texans where they have to come back, they're in it, you know, whether or not Bill O'Brien lost at the end of the game for the Texans. I would say that that was the reason why they the Seahawks won. But you go and look at that, and that's a Russell Wilson performance where you're like, that guy's an MVP. But the reason he's running around is because he has no protection. There's a difference between it being a skill and it being a necessity for him to stay alive. So the Seahawks drafting a running back makes absolutely no sense, and it's just punctuated by the fact that he's not even the second best running back in the, in, in the class. Sonny Michel was. Bone on bone aside— you're not drafting a guy to give him three or four contracts. You're drafting him to get him this first contract and see what happens. So it, it, it boggles me that the Seahawks decided to do this. But then again, it shouldn't because that team has drafted so absolutely horribly since they put together the Legion of Boom. This is just more of the same. I almost wonder if Russell Wilson's career is going to be very much on the same trajectory of Dan Marino's from the standpoint mm. that he comes into the league, it's a really good team, really good coach, obviously Hall of Fame coach, in Marino's case, gets to a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. doesn't win one, has a couple more great chances in the 80s, can't quite get there, and then that's it. Like yeah. The team just kind of steadily declined afterwards. And they were never awful, but they just were never really a threat to one at all. Yeah. Seattle had all those years, of course, and, and, and to Wilson's credit, they won a Super Bowl and they got to two. But like you look at the you look at the NFC West, that is going to be a very, very hard hill to climb for Seattle. Mm-hmm. The Rams... Probably did more to improve themselves than any other team in the in the in the offseason this year. The 49ers are getting better by the hour. Yep. The Cardinals could be bad, but if Josh Rosen's really good, then they're going to get better in a hurry. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks, like, what what is what is happening? Like, I don't understand. Okay, look, fine. You want to move on from Richard Sherman? He's older. He's coming off an Achilles. You need to save some money. I, okay, I can get that. But to let all these other guys walk, not replace anybody. You've got a Hall of Fame quarterback in the prime of his career. This is the time of, of, of your franchise's history here where you need to just be like, look, we will do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And if we have to pay for it five years after Wilson retires down the road, who cares? We'll live with it. You see that going on right now in Pittsburgh. Yep. Okay, Pittsburgh's a prime example. They are paying, they are robbing Peter to pay Paul right now with Le'Veon Bell. And they've got Bell, they've got Schmidt-Schuster, they, they, they fleeced Oakland for a third-round pick from Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant, by the way, traded to the Raiders for a third-round pick. Um, wow. Mar- Martavis Bryant <laughs> spends more time suspended than he does on the field. So good luck in Oakland to that. Um, but they get the pick there. 
the Steelers are a perfect example of a team that's going for broke now. Yep. They're trying to win it. Because let's pick, they know the second Roethlisberger is gone. It's over. Oh, yeah. They will tear that thing to the ground and burn it. Okay, there is nothing. I don't care about Schmidt-Schuster, all the rest. It doesn't matter. The second Roethlisberger's out. So are they. And so mm-hmm. is Tomlin, probably. The Seahawks are wasting prime years of, of Russell Wilson's career with this nonsense Rashad Penny, Rashad Penny would have to be Jim Brown to rush for a thousand mm-hmm. yards on that team. There ain't nobody running for a thousand yards on that team. They can't block. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I don't know if anybody in Seattle's noticed. Has anyone else seen the defenses in that division they're going to play against? The front sevens. The, the Rams might sack him twenty times <laughs> in those two games. It's going to be insane. But uh, I digress. So some of the other picks to get to. Talked a little bit about Derwin James. I think the Chargers get better there. Yeah, really good safety prospect out of Florida State. He, he can he's a rangy center fielder type. In fact, NFL.com compared him to Eric Berry, um, lofty but certainly a, a very talented kid. Yeah. The Vikings, it seems like the rich get richer. They draft Mike Hughes, and Mike Hughes has some off the field issues. But when he's on the field, he's an excellent player. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's another corner. They add him to Trey Wayne, Xavier Rhodes, a couple of former first round picks. Um, the, let's talk quickly about New England. New England. Take Sony Michelle out of uh, Georgia, the running back, and they take Isaiah Wynn, who is the roommate of Sony Michelle in mm-hmm. Georgia. I don't mind it. Uh, they replace Neon Lewis basically yep. with with Michelle, very similar type of player, and then they go out and they replace. Well, they hope they replace Nate Solder with Wynn. Mm-hmm. Wynn could be a guard, could be a tackle. He played both at Georgia. We'll see. Obviously, I think they think he's going to play tackle. Um, New England still has a lot of needs, but New England also has a couple of picks here at the top, you know, in the second round. So, let's see what they can do. But I, I think the Pats got off to a pretty good start on day one. Yeah, and it's you know you want to talk about a team that's playing for the now, and as soon as their star quarterback, head coach, leave, it's all over. New England is the prime example of that. So they didn't, you know, they could have gone. Harold, them not taking Harold Landry kind of bothered me, but of course he didn't go in the first round. They might get a chance to take him uh, on day two. If they, you know, they could trade up for him, I know. But um, the idea that they took Isaiah Wynn to protect Tom Brady is something that I think is very important because they know he is the ticket to the Super Bowl ride. That is how you get there. And you have to, he is up there to the point in his career now where if he takes a bad hit, it's not just, you know, he's done for the season. His ACL goes out again. He might just walk away and be like, you know what, man, I've got TB12. I've got all this other stuff. I know he's got the fiery competitor in him, and he probably wouldn't do that. But you're looking at a guy that maybe he takes a bad hit to the back. You know, maybe his Achilles goes out. Like, we, you talked about that a lot last season. You know, his Achilles goes out. That's bad news for the Patriots. So you're going you're gonna to want to make sure that he's protected. Isaiah Wynn does that. And with Sonny Michelle, you know, you don't need him for that second contract. The, once the Brady train stops... He's not a franchise guy that you need to build around. You're not. He's not going to be a power horse Saquon Barkley type of guy that you're building your offense around a couple of years down the road. He's a plug and play guy. It's a classic move by the Patriots. So I can't. I can't hate on him too much. I don't think that they got infinitely better, but also they're, they're New England. They don't need to get infinitely better. They just need to kind of stay on the same track. Uh, one team that I want to talk about. One pick that I kind of have grown to like. Taven Bryan to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They pick him over Lamar Jackson, who is still on the board at the time. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. 
And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Time. I actually, at the time, was not a fan of the pick just because I... If you've listened to this podcast, you know that I am a card-carrying member of the Anti-Blake Bortles Committee. And... Drafting Lamar Jackson would have been a very good idea for a team that is going to try to be getting out of that contract in a couple of years. But I was looking at their defensive line depth, and they are stacked up front, the Jacksonville Jaguars are. And that is, you know, you take a look at who just won the Super Bowl this year, the Philadelphia Eagles. That defensive front was stacked. They're not going out and trying to get a cornerback. They're not trying to go out and get wide receivers to try to burn guys. They smothered teams in the NFC last year, and they smothered the Patriots. And when it came down to it, final drives of the game, Tom Brady's doing his Tom Brady thing, lead him down the field. What happened? Defensive line comes through, strips the football, Eagles get the ball back, they end up winning. That is what I'm seeing in the, in the Jaguars here. It sucks, you know, no offense to Blake Bortles, but to me, it sucks to live in a world where Blake Bortles is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That could be a scenario here because he was a game manager. That defense can get it done, and I think that they added defensive line depth that maybe takes them a little bit over the edge. Um, I did die on the hill last year that the defense was going to be good, so maybe I'm being biased here. But <laughs> you, did. Uh, uh, you know, we don't live in the world yet where Blake Bortles won a Super Bowl. I, I tend to think we never will. <laughs> um, and you, know, you bring up a good point with the Eagles. The, the one thing I would admit, and you know, we, obviously we've talked about this, the Eagles had a quarterback. True. And Foles, yep. even though he's, oh, he's full, he played great. Better than Bortles, too. Bortles, like, like people will say, well, Bortles played well in the play. Bortles threw for 90 yards against Buffalo. Yeah, remember that if, Buffalo game? <laughs> if Buffalo had any pulse at yeah. all in that game, they would have won that game. I, listen, I make fun, I'm a Chief, I make fun of the Chiefs all the time in the playoffs. The, even the Chiefs wouldn't have lost to Bortles in that game. Yeah. Like, he was, that <laughs> was, if people go back and look, you have Twitter, go ahead. That was the worst game I've ever watched in my life that was in the playoffs. People people were commenting how that game should be blacked out on television. Mm-hmm. So before everybody, oh, Bortles was a am- Listen, they, I think, know they have to win with that defense. Yep. And so the idea is just to make it impenetrable. I would have liked to have seen them gone with a receiver there, a tight end, somebody yep. to help Bortles out. Mm-hmm. They lose Robinson. Okay, fine, Robinson didn't play last year, but they lose Hearns. I would like. I know people are like. Well, Marquise Lee and Keelan Cole. Look, it's one thing when Keelan Cole is like your fourth receiver and he's matching up against yep. other his fourth corner. It's a whole another ball game when teams are like, "Hey, our number two guys on him now." Yep. Okay, and D.D. Westbrook. Everybody gets look. Those guys have potential, but as my father likes to say, potential is a fancy word for saying you've never done a damn thing. Mm-hmm. So, I would have liked to have seen them go that route. Um, I even they lost Aaron Colvin. I thought maybe yeah. they were going to take another corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not that they necessarily need one, but you know, you can never have enough. We saw what the Vikings did. So look, they they did some interesting stuff. The Steelers taking uh, a safety, actually the Terrell the, Edmonds, ter- yeah. yeah, the brother, the brother's of going. Yep. Um, interesting. I thought maybe the next safety off the board there would be Justin Reed, but mm-hmm. Edmonds was thought to be like a, maybe a early to mid second rounder, so maybe a little bit of a reach. But he's talented, and they need help there. The Steelers, I thought, kind of got screwed by the way the board fell because I think, let's be real, they want to replace Ryan Shazier. Yep. Which, by the way, the coolest moment of that whole draft was Ryan Shazier walking out and announcing that. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. And it was great to see. 
I know he's still walking real slow and everything else, but just the fact that he's walking mm-hmm. is a huge step in the right direction. It's a powerful image. It was. It was fantastic. Really, a top notch. So, I would imagine the Steelers would like to have replaced him maybe with Rashawn Evans or Leighton Vanderash. Well, Vanderash goes to the Cowboys in 19, mm-hmm. and, and I believe Tennessee traded up to get yep. Evans. I think it was a 22, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Um, so. Steelers don't get that linebacker. They do get a safety, so that's an interesting move by them. I thought the Packers, uh, let's uh, touch on them for a second, give them credit. Uh, General Manager Brian uh, Gutekunst, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mispronounce that name a thousand times before I finally get it right. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I just cannot get it off my tongue smoothly. But um, it was his first time doing a draft mm-hmm. as a GM. And I thought he was brilliant. They trade back from 14 to 27. They get a fifth-round pick from New Orleans, and they get next year's first-round yep. pick. Then they moved up nine <laughs> spots. Didn't have to give up the first. Gave up a third and a sixth. <laughs> it was incredible. And they got Jair Alexander. Like, yep. I, I thought the Packers, you couldn't ask mm-hmm. to have a better first round. You got two first-rounders next year. You, you picked up a fifth. Okay, yep. big deal. You give up a third. What is it? You know, What is the price? Big deal. Um wonderful job by them and they're trying to build that secondary and they need to because that yeah. defense is what's holding them back from being a real honest to god Super Bowl contender yeah I wrote about it for fan sided they just they flexed all over the draft and he needed to do that he needed to establish himself Gutekinds needed to establish himself as a wolf and that's exactly what he did you trade back you trade up you get that first round pick from New Orleans nice job Mickey Loomis um the, the Packers they need more secondary help they're not complete Jair Alexander goes a long way in kind of giving them some stability for the future, but I, I still think there's there are ways away from being able to not have to worry about that defense. But Gutekinds, he did his best part to make Packers fans think everything is going to be fine. He gave the old Aaron Rodgers, relax, it's going to be all fine. So that was nice to see. But I guess I'm the Bucks fan, so I have to bring this up. If we're talking the Packers, if we're talking that first-round pick, we have to talk about Marcus Davenport and the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Holy cow. Okay. You guys were doing the Facebook Live, and you were talking about Lamar Jackson, and I actually was like, it has to be. Everybody was like, it has to be. And then it slowly started trickling in on Twitter. They're like, well, don't be surprised if Davenport goes here. Saints are really big on Davenport. And I was thinking about earlier in the day, earlier in the week, there was reports about they loved him, they wanted to get him. In the 20s, they wanted to get him. They trade up and get an edge rush. Now, when you trade up in the draft, you trade up for a quarterback, a cornerback, or an edge rusher. That's what you do. But you don't give up a first-round pick for a guy that you could have got where you were. So I'm perplexed by this move by the Saints. To play devil's advocate to my own opinion about how awful the trade was, if this is a guy that helps them win a Super Bowl this year, you can't put a price on that. Like You, you really can't. So if we're at the end of the year and we're doing this next year's draft and we're talking about the Super Bowl champion Saints— Different conversation. But as of right now, knee-jerk reaction, I don't understand why they did this. There was nobody on that board that looked like they were going to take Davenport, unless they were worried the Bills were going to take him. But then just trade up ahead of them. you don't, And don't give up a first-rounder. Look what the Raiders did. I mean, I know the Raiders got fleeced, but that kind of set the market there. Even the Bills. The Bills gave up a couple of second-rounders to move up, and their first-rounder this year to move up to seven with the Buccaneers. Didn't give up next year's first-rounder. So I just don't understand what the Saints were thinking. They grossly overpaid for a guy that better helped them win a Super Bowl this year or next year. He needs to be a cross between Bruce Smith and Deacon Jones. If he's not it was an overpay look I don't care and I agree with you like they win a Super Bowl and he's a huge part of it fine mm-hmm. anything shy of that like this is 
I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't care. Again, I, I'm normally I'm with you. Like quarterback, corner, edge rusher. Mm-hmm. That's what you trade up for. You don't go up 13 spots and trade a first round pick to get Marcus Davenport. <laughs> I mean, let's be real now. Come on. Like you know, I, I like Marcus Davenport, but this is not a guy who coming into the draft you're like, oh my god, you know, he's going to be a generational talent. It would mm-hmm. be one thing if you were just like, hey, this guy is so good, we just have to get our hands on him. Yeah. And, and again, nothing against the kid, but he went to the University of Texas San Antonio. Okay, he played there four years. It was really a three-year starter. He had twenty-one and a half sacks in four years. Mm. He's six-seven, two hundred fifty-five pounds. Like, and I'm not saying he can't play. He can play, but this is not a guy. You know, like for an example. You know, there there have been guys in the past that when they come out, you just say, My my God, you know, that that kid is going to be unbelievable. And you just feel like you, you've got to move up. You've got to go out and get that guy. It, it's this isn't this isn't that. I, I, I don't understand, you know, like there have been players in the past that come out and you just say that kid is going to, you know, a, a Mario Williams type of player. A Jadavian Clowney, actually. I was trying to think of a good example recently. Jadavian Clowney, where everybody just said he is just going to be an unbelievable force of nature. Um, way back when, Derek Thomas, when yep. he came out of Alabama, Derek Thomas had 26 sacks as a senior. Mm-hmm. Like, Derek Thomas had more sacks in one year in the SEC than, than Mark Stavenport had his entire career <laughs> at, the, at UTSA. So... Does that mean he won't be good? No, he might be a very good player. But to give up next year's first to get him, boy, he better be that kind of player. If mm-hmm. he's not, it's a that's a disastrous move by Mickey Loomis. Yeah, and if we're, we're talking about players that were overdrafted or you took in the wrong spot, can we talk about Frank Ragnow and the Detroit Lions? So the Lions go on the clock. This is Matt Patricia's first draft. And I get he's coming from the Patriots way, the Patriots system, where Bill Belichick gets his guy no matter what. But, I mean, we were, you were doing the Facebook Live, and they said that name in, in our earpieces, and we were all like, who? What? And we're, we're, we didn't practice for it. It's just like, my God, Frank Ragnow. Now, it's not a gross overdrafting because he was a rising name. A lot of people Correct. had him as a day-two pick, but they didn't have him as the 20th overall pick in the draft. And he also wasn't even the best consensus center in the draft. Billy Price kind of was, and he had half a peck. So, you know, I don't—and by the way, the, the Bengals sprinted up to the podium with his name on the card after uh, Billy Price didn't go to the, uh, to, to the Lions. But, I mean, Frank Ragnow, in a couple of years, are we going to be looking at this as— Matt Patricia, remember when he coached that one year in Detroit and really screwed everything up? Or is this going to be like, you know, a uh, Dallas Cowboys situation where they've taken offensive linemen where at the time we've kind of been like, oh, that's an overdraft. And all of a sudden they put together these really good fronts. You know, Ragnow out of Arkansas, look, he makes sense for the Lions in the, in, in the very micro version or the very micro sense of, hey, they need a center. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, fine, I understand that. On the flip side of it, eh, you could you could use a corner there. They could have yep. used a D tackle there. Hell, the Lions could use a running back. And I'm not big on taking a running back in the first round, but my God, that team, if there's ever a team to take a running back, mm-hmm. they ought to do it. Um, I just, you know, like, the Lions have not won a playoff game since 1991. At some point, yeah. you've got to draft somebody to get you over the hump. 
And I'm not sure that everybody in, in Motown was sitting there and saw Ragnow come across the line and said, you know what? That's it. That's the difference. <laughs> That's how it's going to happen. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think the Lions, it's not a bad pick. It's just not a pick that really moves the needle, And then, yeah. it, which is typical of interior offensive linemen. And, yeah. then, the, and then the Bengals, the next pick, took Billy Price, and, and he of the one-and-a-half picks at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, another Ohio State guy who stayed in the state of Ohio. The Bengals needed a lot of help. Everybody thought they were going to go Will Hernandez at guard at a UTEP. They didn't. They ended up staying at center. But I don't mind it as much for the Bengals because the Bengals offensive line was a mess last year. Mm-hmm. The Lions wasn't. Um, the Lions have a couple of really good tackles and a good guard in TJ Lang and, and even really Larry Walford can play. So, yeah. Um, the Bengals, I understand it more. I was surprised, though, that James Daniels out of Iowa didn't go. Yeah. You know, now he was second team all Big Ten Price was first team, but Price is hurt. Mm-hmm. So I thought Daniels might be the first center off. He's not. He's still available going into the second round. Um, it was interesting. It was interesting. There was a lot of offensive linemen that went off the board that I was like, really? Wow. Like, yep. Mike McGlinchey, I thought Oppil would go like middle of the round. He went ninth to the 49ers. Okay. Um, you need to protect Garoppolo, so I can understand that. Again, the, the only offensive lineman that went off the board I was just blown away by was Colton Miller. Yeah, I just don't by like, far, and not even because like I don't think he's going to be a decent player, but because like the, the Raiders, they, they just have no ability at all, at all to stop anybody. But mm-hmm. apparently, that's not bothering the Raiders, who are just going to continue to get after it with their uh, high flying attack that features Doug Martin and Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, the, the the Raiders backfield, which is the combined age of like 104 and a combined height of like four foot eleven, so that's going to go real well. Um, yeah, I mean, really, the draft was wild, and the quarterbacks going the way that they did really helped out teams like Tampa, my team, who were able to trade down and get Vita Vea, whom is going to get in there, and he's going to finally be a Robin to Gerald McCoy's Batman. He's never had any help on the defensive line, and if there's a guy who has had an offseason better than Gerald McCoy— you're going to have to point them out to me because they just added two Super Bowl winners, trade for Jason Pierre-Paul, and then draft a guy who can play next to him, play behind him. That's defensive line depth to the hilt. And uh, also the Chicago Bears getting Rokon Smith. You know, we kind of talked about it on the Facebook Live draft show that we did. Mark Carmen is on there. He's a Bears fan. And you pointed out that, you know, interior linebacker is a sacred position in Chicago. And yes. Rokon Smith... He's one of the guys that before the draft you were looking at, and there was three consensus guys where you're like, he has a chance to potentially be a Hall of Fame player. And it was Quentin Nelson, it was Saquon Barkley, and it was uh, uh, Roquan Smith. So and a lot of people in the reports that I've been seeing after and the analysis are comparing to Derek Brooks, which of course obviously hits close to home for me. And, you know, there's a lot in there that you can see. He's going to be a guy that's going to get another in Chicago and fill that middle of that defense. And you said it, you know, he's got to be 50 player wide, 50 yards wider there on the field. And that's what the bears need. That's what they need on that defense. They've got their quarterback. They've got offensive pieces in place. Now they can get that defense going when you're in a division with the Vikings who are in the arms race and got Kirk cousins. They're off. Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. It's a Jamie from Progressive. Shh, Jamie. No, it's all right. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Shh. Hmm. I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm going to talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh-huh. 
Oh, yeah, Progressive can do that. Ugh, there's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms. This is really good. Aaron Rodgers is a wizard, can make things work. Matthew Stafford. This is this is the Bears showing their teeth and saying that we're going to come. We're not just going to sit back and wait for the powers that be to age and die out before we come up. We're going to try to get you now. So I love that, and that was an example, and I was hoping it would happen when all the reports were coming that the quarterbacks were going to go. If the quarterbacks go and the teams that didn't need one, like the Colts, Quentin Nelson, holy crap. Like Those are the teams that, to me, are the big winners here because they got blue-chip players when yes. they probably shouldn't have. And I think well, lastly, we have to talk about it. We haven't touched on it at all yet. Um, Saquon Barkley. Yep. To the Giants, not a quarterback. Now, look, I am from the New York area. I'm very familiar with how talk radio works and everything else. The Giants passed on Sam Darnold. Yep. Having 37-year-old Eli Manning. I will tell you this right now. Saquon Barkley could walk on water next year, but if Sam Darnold's lighting it up in that life, that is not going to go over well in Big Blue Nation. Yep. There. Okay, there is, you know, Francesca, he's back on air <laughs> yeah, now. Welcome back, Francesca. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's what a be, time for him to come back. <laughs> he's going to be screaming, okay? That is going to be, if they, t- as, as I, I can't do the voice, but what a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Dog, what a disaster. Um, grew up listening to that, so I'm sorry I had to. Um, <laughs> Saquon Barkley is a phenomenal talent. Mm-hmm. There is not a red flag on him. He was yep. he had maybe one of the best combine performances we've oh, ever yeah. seen. Great at Penn State, three years there, two-time conference offensive player of the year. He was mm-hmm. for the Heisman Trophy. He I mean, helped Penn State come out of the doldrums. 3,000-yard uh, plus seasons. I mean, any, there's not a mark on him. Nope. So this isn't like, – I think Saquon Barkley is going to be a great player. This isn't like, oh, I think the Giants took a bust. I'm just pointing out it's interesting because they passed on Darnold when they could have certainly taken a quarterback. And a lot of people feel like well, taking a running back this high at this point in time in the NFL and the way the collective bargaining agreement works is lunacy. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. I think he's an incredible talent. But I really wonder if the Giants did the right thing by passing up those quarterbacks. I can see the 30 for 30 right now in 15 years. What if I told you? Yeah. The the Giants had a chance to draft (laughs) Sam Darnold and didn't. You said it before. You know, we've been talking about it before. Like these picks, the Giants and the Jets picks, because they're in the same market, because they're the same stadium, because it's New York, they're forever going to be linked together. And an underrated part of this is everybody's going to say, oh, you know, what if the Giants would have taken Sam Darnold? What if the Giants would have traded to somebody who was going to take Sam Darnold? That's the other thing. They gave Darnold to the Jets. They could have either taken him or they could have traded to Buffalo, to Arizona, to Denver, to any of these teams that maybe wanted to move up and get him because he was there for the taking. And, you know, one of the reasons that the draft was so weird is because it moved so quickly this year. It was done by, like, well before 10 o'clock, I think. Yeah. Central time, uh, where we are in Chicago here. So, and one of the reasons was because it got off such a hot start. Baker Mayfield was the pick. Dorsey knew who was going to be, so they got that card up there. And I don't think Gettleman wasted any time in running the Saquon Barkley card up there, which implies to me he wasn't willing to listen to trades, which, again, ties right back in the narrative of Darnold was gifted to the Jets by the Giants because they could have blocked that in a big way, and they didn't. So we're going to see. And like you said, Barkley... He's, he's a guy who could be wearing a gold jacket someday, but it's going to be how many rings is he wearing on his fingers when that That's happens. It. That's you know, what it comes I'll, down to. I'll tell you, sometimes they, you know, the ESPN or NFL Network, whoever, they, they break into these war rooms and mm-hmm. they'll show you from like a camera. 
if they had shown the Jets war room while the Giants were on the clock, <laughs> it was just one big prayer show. <laughs> like, if they had taken Darnold, the Jets would have been so, a word I can't even say, <laughs> it, it would have been unbelievable mm-hmm. to watch the panic. Okay? <laughs> Fireman Ed would have been beating right. himself over the head with that stupid hat. Like, it would have been. <laughs> but as, as it turns out, like I said earlier at the beginning of the program, like, history doesn't remember that stuff. Nope. It remembers who you took. At some point, you write the name down on the card, and years down the line, you have to answer for that name. Yep. Nothing else. Not trades you could have made, should have made, would have made. The card that you wrote in, you have to answer to it. Yep. We will see what happens. Uh, we are coming up against it. So, we'll end here. Final, final thought from you, Mr. Hill. I mean, it was an entertaining draft. We were saying it. We, there's multiple times where we looked at each other during the draft, and we're just like, what the hell was that? Like. <laughs> So it was it was entertaining, and I feel like a lot of teams we're finally getting to a point here where the NFL is starting to approach the draft differently. We're seeing it in the NBA where we have more second round picks. There was a time when the second once you got past the first four picks in that draft, why even watch or care? Now I think teams are starting to draft smarter, or in the case of the Seahawks, maybe draft a little bit dumber. So I'm excited to see how these guys turn out and watch these narratives continue to to, to grow. Just because these last two rookie classes have been so out there and have been so predominant in the narrative of the season. I'm excited to see how this one plays out. Well, I, I'm with you very much. So, uh, by the way, uh, we want to just throw out a, a quick shout out to our sponsor fanatics. Uh, yep. we have a deal running with them through the end of the draft, the end of Saturday night. Uh, if you go to fansided.fanatics.com, you can get any gear from any of your favorite teams, uh, free shipping, and 20% off unless it is draft specific year it's still free shipping but yep. it's just not you're not getting the 20% discount but anything else is 20% off and free shipping when you use the code FAN F-A-N 1818 uh, so please go ahead and do that we got a ton of free fanatics swag here we repped it during our Facebook oh, yeah. Live and, and I'm pretty sure Hill took the Buccaneers hat for himself <laughs> um, they, they're, they're great looking hats it's a lot of fun we had a great time oh, they're yeah. a great partner just want to thank them for that and their continued support of us um, we will be back on regular video on Monday. If you watch us on Facebook Live, we'll be back 1 p.m. Central on Monday, wrapping up the draft, giving out grades, going through the whole thing. Um, and of course, we'll be back doing, you know, we'll have the audio version as well if you just listen on iTunes. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating. Yep. So for Josh Hill, I am Matt Verderan. Thanks for being a little bit patient this week. Sorry about uh, being a few days late. Just had to tie up some stuff with the family. Uh, and like I said, we'll be back. Good news is you don't have to wait that long for us. We'll be <laughs> back on Monday. So uh, for Josh, I am Matt. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the rest of the 2018 NFL Draft. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Ted, wake up. What? You look exactly like me. I am you, Ted, from the future. You need to call Progressive. What? Why? Well, they have 24-7 protection when you bundle your home and auto, and my teleportation cube just smashed into your car. Wait, you crashed into my car? Technically, it's our car. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.